listening to the ESP, the European Skeptics Podcast, an independent weekly show set out to bring you news, interesting topics and interviews with people mostly from Europe, building bridges and breaking down language barriers to show the world how active and awesome the skeptical movement is in the region. This is episode 369. I'm your host, Annika Harrison, and with me this week is my co-host Pontus Bergmann. Hallo! Hey son, hey son, or hey son, hey son. I can't do a, an Irish accent, but actually it is uh, St. Patrick's Day when this show comes out. Oh, I don't yeah. know what to do with that, but uh, happy, <laughs> for any Irish listeners, happy St. Patrick's Day, St. Patrick's Day, hard to say. <laughs> don't get too drunk, celebrate responsibly, but have a good time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I was also thinking back about our good time in Australia Ooh. recently. My phone recommended a few pictures from Australia to me. And then when I went um, on social media today, I saw that our friend Susan Gerbig had posted a few photos of the newly published Skeptics magazine from the Australians. Susan, Australian hi. Skeptics. Hello, Susan. <laughs> <laughs> and hello, Australian Skeptics. Your magazine is awesome. And we're very, very proud to have been a part of Skepticon and to be part of this magazine because we are in the magazine. <laughs> yes, I saw that this as well. And I did something that I should have done a long time ago. I went to the website and I started my subscription, the, the digital one. It's just like 15, 16 euros per year. And you get the, this great magazine four times. And especially since we are in it, mm -hmm. I mean, what's to, you can't miss out. Exactly. Do it, all, everybody. We'll put the, show, the link in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Yes, you should. <laughs> Something we also don't really don't want to miss out on is the QED, right? Ooh, QED! <laughs> <laughs> I think um, you guys should have seen the, the group chat that we have of the ESP posts because we were all like, wee, the dates are out. <laughs> the dates are out. So 23rd to 24th of September, is the that, that's the official dates. But mm -hmm. come a day earlier, come two days earlier if you want to, because mm -hmm. there's things come happening. Come a week earlier if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> you can move to Manchester if you want to. But, <laughs> but, but that's optional. So, no, but <laughs> nothing is out. We haven't seen the program yet. You can't even mm -hmm. book your tickets yet. But from experience, uh, there will probably be a Skeptics in the pub on Thursday, the 22nd. Oh, 21st, I should say. Mm -hmm. And there will most likely be a Skeptic Camp event on Friday, the 22nd. And then the actual big hullabaloo is on the 23rd and 24th. And we cannot wait. It's yeah, so fun. We're all so excited. It's so great. And link uh, will be in the show notes, of course. But yeah, we're, we're really happy yeah. ah, to go there because, yeah, I think we, we all just missed it so much. And I think we, we are like very skeptically crossing our fingers for Andras <laughs> that he can also be there. Yes. <laughs> Andras, please, this time. D don't get COVID this time. No, uh, no, please get yourself together and, and get your ass over to Manchester in September. Yes. We don't want to miss you again. No. No, no, no. We're missing That's you right. enough right now uh, because as you <laughs> already heard, uh, yeah, it's only Pontus and, and us and me this week. <laughs> yeah, he has a real job. It's hard to compete with that. But <laughs> like fine. us, right? Like <laughs> No, I will. We're just dawdling. <laughs> yes, of course, of course. So, but uh, also dawdling. People have not yet, uh, I'm not putting the blame on the listeners here, people have not yet sent us any word of the week or who's that quacking? 
which we talked about first uh, last year, which uh, last year, which we <laughs> talked about last week, which is the new idea we have. And I we get it. It hasn't even been a week since the episode was released when we're now recording this. So I understand it takes some time. But what we want you to do, guys, is to uh, send us a word of the week, which could be a skeptical word in a non-English language, something that's relevant to skepticism. Send it to us preferably as a recording and we will play it out and we will talk about what it is and the other thing is send us a recording of somebody who said something really stupid or done something really stupid uh, it could be a politician it could be a influencer whatever a short snippet uh, or a quote and we call that who's quacking and uh, i mean it should be in Italian, Spanish, Portuguese or something. Something that we English speakers normally do not hear about. And then we can talk about that. So send those to info at theesp.eu and we will play this on the, sh in, on the show and we will um, talk about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to hear from our listeners in that regard. Mm. And that would mean that they come back to us <laughs> in a way. Of course, that was the lamest segue I could think about. <laughs> because, okay. because when I watched the news recently, I saw that the four ISS astronauts also came back to earth. Uh, I think that was the plan all along, right? Yes. Yes, it wasn't it wasn't a big surprise. <laughs> no, no, so it's a one-way tickets are hard to sell these yeah. days. Yeah. So a big decision, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um yeah, so two Americans, one Russian astronaut and one Japanese astronaut are back on mm -hmm. earth and yeah, I think It's just exciting for me because I like space. So. <laughs> space. And, and we like them to come back as well in one piece. That is Exactly, exactly. Because contrary to what I thought as a child, astronauts are actually usually smart people. I always thought astronaut is a job like maybe a construction person or uh, oh, really? a builder. Mm -hmm. <laughs> now, don't now. No, no. Let's not insult. No, let's not insult any builders or that construction people. That doesn't mean people. that builders are not smart. They are very smart. Exactly. What? But I think for me, it was really a mind-blowing thing to learn that astronauts usually are scientists that can also fly. Yes. And and I think that's what what I was what I wanted to say because I thought always that astronauts are just people that can fly like mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. people that can build something the people that can like pilots or whatever like mm -hmm. i didn't realize that it's a two profession thing yeah and that's yeah. uh what i just wanted to say yeah they're really really smart people with phds and and letters mm -hmm. after their names uh, so uh, yeah oh good exactly. so welcome back <laughs> that's great Yes. So I think we should now crack on with this show, right, Pontus? Mm, yeah, let's do that. Usually we start our show with This Week in Skeptical History, also called Twish. But as we don't have an Andres this week... Mm. No, we're going to skip that, right? We want to skip that, yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> But we can point out that today, as we record this, it is Pi Day. So yes. 14th of March, or 3.14, as they say, across the pond. So it's Pi Day. And I hope you have a lot of pie. I hope you understand what how to calculate a circle's uh, circumference and area and stuff, because I sure as hell cannot. I don't remember how to do that. I have to ask uh, smart people to do that. But uh, I'm told it's pretty useful. <laughs> <laughs> and it's also um, Albert Einstein's birthday today. Ooh, he was a smart person. Yeah, uh, which is, it's funny because I, I knew a person, she was a math teacher 
and she had a birthday also on Albert Einstein's birthday and also on pie day so of course i had to make her a pie in the form of a pie <laughs> <laughs> yes of course on her birthday which is also like a very mathematical date with pie day and with albert einstein's birthday like so many things on one date and um the cake was good i think <laughs> i'm sure it was but as we said we wanted to skip twish we should find out if there's something that pontus can poke the pope for Yes, but not uh, initially, at least, uh, not Frankie this time. Ooh. We're going back in time to talk about John Paul II. There are old allegations that you may have heard that John Paul's secretary and close aide, he is called, and this is going to, I'm going to butcher this. This is Polish. I can't, I can't <laughs> say this, but I'm going to do my best. And we are very grateful if anybody who actually knows how to pronounce this name can send in a recording and we'll play it next uh, week. But this cardinal is called Stanislaw Tsvich. Maybe, maybe it's Tsvich. It looks like Tsvich. I don't know. Anyway, this guy. He was accused of ignoring cases of sexual abuse in the Catholic Church. And he was working very, very closely with John Paul II. I'm, I'm sure you're very shocked to hear this. Mm -hmm. uh, like we did not suspect that anybody high up in the church knew anything. Uh, and by the way, this Zivich, if that's how it's pronounced, he's still around. He is still a cardinal. He's 83 years old. But that was the old news. The new <laughs> thing was that on 6th of March... The Polish broadcaster TVN had a new report that claims that John Paul himself, before he was the Pope, and when he was Archbishop of Krakow, he actively hid sex abuse and reassigned a priest called, and here we go again, Boleslaw Sadusz, or something to that effect. He reassigned this priest. He knew what he had done, but he decided to cover up. This was the person who later became John Paul II. He covered up this abuse and just reassigned him to another parish or somewhere so he could do it all again with new kids. It's terrible. Same old story. The focus was always to protect the reputation of the church and not to protect the victims. And there are communications that have come to light that clearly shows this. The source of this is a little bit problematic, I guess, but it's still fact comes from the Communist Era Security Service files, which have recorded what was going on at the time. One quote from them is, There is a concern in the Curia that it is impossible to hide the scandal that Sadosh has caused by his behavior. End quote. Okay, so the concern was that you can't hide it, not that it happened. Another quote from the same source is, quote, It has emerged that he has morally, he being Sadosh, has morally corrupted many young boys whom he have abused for sexual matters, end quote. And that, that, that's a euphemism for you. They were not raped. They were morally corrupted, which puts the blame partly on them, right? So that's how the talk was um, going at the time. And uh, I think in all... I mean, this is being... For, for the last 30, 40 years, we have gradually learned about this. I'm sure this has been all the way back to the Middle Ages, always the case. So that's very troubling, but it shows that this goes up to the level of popes sometimes. Then I, I must mention shortly about uh, Frankie, 
that this week saw the 10-year anniversary of Frankie as Pope. That was on the 13th of March. Mm -hmm. He came and went without much uh, celebration. Um, (laughs) A a Washington Post headline summarized the 10 years pretty well, in my opinion. It said, quote, he has made his mark, but early hope has faded, end quote. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, so there, there was hope of a progressive pope. Not much has really happened. Among other things, the Washington Post also quote an Italian investigative journalist called Emiliano Fittipaldi, and he said, quote, On abuse, Francis has basically failed. The practical effect of the actions he took is close to zero, end quote. So, um, yeah, I can only agree. Frankie often seems to say the right thing, but there's not much action, really. He has failed on abuse. He has failed to clean up the messy finances in the Vatican, which he promised to do. We have the trial of the century, just as a big illustration and reminder about that. He has repeatedly been ignored when he has tried in his ambitions to act as an international peace negotiator between Russia and Ukraine, for instance. It's clear. But he also had opinions on the Middle East situation and he's just been ignored because what should he do? I mean, it's not his place. There's one thing. I've been looking at this and I've been thinking about this and there's one thing I can give him and that is that he has actually appointed women to some important positions in the Vatican which is unprecedented. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's about it. What you would want to see is a little less conversation, a little more action, please. <laughs> so uh, all talk. But I will close off by repeating my prediction. Because of Frankie's lack of tangible achievements, he will be followed by a more conservative pope. Pontus predicts the pope. <laughs> I think if he's not poking, then he should at least predict. So that's very good profit, Pontus. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for poking and profiting and everything about the Pope again. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. And that means we should jump right into the news items. But before we do that, I actually want to show you something, you and our listeners. Mm. And for that, I need to play something. Okay. Ah, yes, Harry Potter, our new celebrity. You are here to learn the subtle science and exact art of potion making. As there is little foolish wand waving here, many of you will hardly believe this is magic. I don't expect you will really understand the beauty of the softly simmering cauldron with its shimmering fumes, the delicate power of liquids that creep through human veins, bewitching the mind, ensnaring the senses. I can teach you how to bottle fame, brew glory, even stop a death, if you aren't as big a bunch of dunderheads as I usually have to teach. (laughs) So so why are you reading Harry Potter for me? (laughs) Why am I talking like Severus Snape, (laughs) talking about (laughs) how to put a stopper on death? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a cool thing, right? I sent this to Andras and you a few days ago, and you guys were like, yeah, why are you reading stuff out of Harry Potter? And I asked, uh, guys, what do you notice out of this? And I think it was you, Pontus, that said, like, wait a minute, is that really you? (laughs) (laughs) Is that an AI? (laughs) Right. And yes, that was an AI. I was so impressed by how how good that has become. 
And like it even put inhaling uh, sounds in. <laughs> yes, know? yeah, it was almost perfect. I mean, if you mm -hmm. if you know to be a little bit suspicious, then you can yeah. hear that it's not quite right, but it's very getting very close. It's very, and close. it is in your voice. How yes. long did you have to train it to talk as you before it could do this? Well, it needed a one minute, at least one minute sample, mm -hmm. and then it just has to render it basically. <laughs> so right. But you didn't. You did you give it that text, or what did you talk? No, um, I actually talked in German for a minute about a carpet, and I like I, it was complete nonsense. Actually, I was like, "Oh, the so carpet." So you is... talked in German, I talked and then in you German. asked the machine to talk back in in the same voice in yeah, English. Yeah, so, so far I can pretty... only it can only do English. That's more impressive, actually. Yes. Ah. And of course, we, we kind of played around with it a bit. Yeah. So there's one more thing I want to show you guys. Yeah. So here it comes. I'm Carl Sagan, and you're listening to the European Skeptics Podcast, the real ESP experience. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. He, he was a time traveler, Carl Sagan, because... Uh, of course. And he's listening to our show. I'm of honored. Course. <laughs> of course he does. Yeah. He, so he went forward in time to do this recording and then he went back to the 90s and where unfortunately he, he died mm -hmm, not mm -hmm. from as a result of the time traveling he also sounded a bit machinery because he traveled so yeah exactly <laughs> that one was less impressive than yes. your yours I, yeah. I think uh he talked a little bit too fast i would wanted him to make a little bit more dramatic mm -hmm. pause but that probably needs some more some more tweaking to get it there. <laughs> Maybe it's because I'm half a robot. That's why the AI understood me very well. <laughs> could be, could be, could be. Uh, don't we don't want to tell people that we are AI people and have been all along. Yeah, we're actually half lizard, half robot. Sorry. That's true. But <laughs> uh, but it it of course the more serious implication is that it's getting easier and easier to generate fake things. Mm -hmm. Even by private people like us, who who yeah. are not engineers or have special, mm -hmm. we have. You, 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 of course, everybody knows about ChatGPT and about, what's the the one that generates images? It's also the same company. Oh, uh, Dali. Yes, Dali. Yeah. And um, very soon, everything on the internet will be fake. <laughs> it's just Pontius just prophecies the internet <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no Could but be. it's like yeah it's true and it's also like especially funny because if you think about they only need a one minute sample so someone could technically take our podcast cut it down to like one minute sample Pontus one minute sample Anders one minute sample Annika and then create a podcast but without us that's right maybe we should do that and then we don't have to do this every oh. week <laughs> <laughs> deep fake ESP <laughs> maybe maybe we've already done that and what you're listening to is just AI that's talking. a confession guys <laughs> yes it's not it's not just let's, let's be uh, real <laughs> yeah we're crazy world we're still crazy the real world. esp experience here <laughs> we are the real one yes, yes. not the fake ah <laughs> oh, speaking of crazy world yes two weeks ago i talked about the rumors originating from an egyptian youtube channel about kidnapped children or allegedly kidnapped children it specifically says that uh, the swedish authorities systematically kidnap muslim children and sell them as sex slaves or something like that similar that's nonsense of course i also said that the father or one father uh, who lives in sweden and who has lost his children to or a child to the authorities because there was a problem at with the family and they the child was removed to protect it 
he admitted to being involved in, in starting this misinformation. And uh, he came forward now or two weeks ago and said that he regrets his role in the campaign. And my prediction two weeks ago, Pontus predicts again, was that it wouldn't stop the rumors one bit. Well, now the rumors have spread. And they've spread to Finland and Norway from the same Egyptian YouTube channel as well as other sources as well on, on the internet, but basically from the same sources. There is a new uh, BS about Finnish and Norwegian authorities doing the same thing. So once you get a, a conspiracy theory going, there's nothing that you can do to debunk it or stop it. And that's, of course, because a fundamental part of any conspiracy theory is that all evidence against it, it must be planted or fake. And in a way is evidence for it. So uh, you can never win. Orsa Persson is a woman who has been working with trying to correct misinformation online. She points out that even if children sometimes do get taken care of by the authorities in Sweden, it is not nefarious or anything like selling them as sex slaves. All cases have backgrounds that we as random persons in the world do not know about. So if you hear about a child being removed from the family, you can assume the worst, but you should realize that there's so much you cannot know about that particular situation. So she she says that, and she also says to be aware that not everybody online is telling the truth. A <laughs> shocker. <laughs> and um, sometimes people just lie. Yeah. And sometimes people are very easily swayed by, for example, advertisements. But I don't want to get ahead of myself mm -hmm. because you talked about babies. I want to continue talking about babies ah. because there is a record low in children being breastfed right now. There has been a study on infant feeding and um, never before have so many children been fed milk substitutes as today. There has been a Lancet study, and it's partly down to um, advertising of corporations. Mm. Worldwide, less than half of infants and young children are breastfed. Interestingly, like the World Health Organization recommends that infants should be exclusively breastfed for the first six months so that they're not getting water, tea, or complementary food or supplementary milk but just breastfeeding. Of course, we know there are many reasons for that that doesn't work or that you mm. can't do that. But there has already been, as they call it, aggressive marketing by infant milk manufacturers. Yeah, that's one reason, but there are more reasons. For example, that it's harder to breastfeed if you want to go to work again. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, like, of course, you you only want to do the best for your child. Like, I <laughs> I know that problem so well. Like, as, as our listeners, most of our listeners know, I'm a mom too. <laughs> And I've been breastfeeding too. If, if you look at the numbers in Germany, for example, 90% of all breastfeeding people want to breastfeed. But after four months, only 40% are still feeding. After six months, only 13%. 
And Germany is also not on the, like, it's only, moder as, as they call it, moderately breastfeeding friendly. <laughs> uh, worldwide, Germany's on rank 149 of 156. <laughs> wow. So, so it's really not the best here. Um, and of course, like, we always say fed is best. So the most important thing is that your baby is getting fed. Yes. Doesn't matter yes. which, what, what. Of course, it is good if you can breastfeed, but if you can't, then you can't. You know, it's not like I'm, I'm not shaming here. Exactly. That's all I wanted to say. No, no, that's right. That's very important. Exactly. I mean, if if it's not possible, then of course you should exactly. use like uh, I'm, whatever you have. So not not to to guilt anybody. Exactly. Who, who like I'm not I'm not, not uh, breast shaming. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> or, no. Or bottle shaming, but uh, something that's scientifically proven, and that's also the skeptical angle here, is that uh, there are antibodies in the breast milk. So. For example, little pathogens in the baby's saliva enter the breast and then antibodies fitting to that actually get Ooh, produced. So it's a two-way system. It's a two-way system, like only minimally. Wow, I didn't know but that. That's it's, very... it's really cool. Like if you think about it, like breast milk is pretty miraculous in that regard. Huh. <laughs> pretty high tech. <laughs> Yeah, but as I said, no shame here. And it's also hard. Everyone who has ever had a baby can appreciate how hard it can be in the beginning. Like, it's not easy. It also is partly painful at times. So mm. it's it's definitely not easy. And if, if I would have gone back to work after a year, I would have needed to stop breastfeeding after a year. Because, mm. yes, employers also in Germany have to give you um, breastfeeding breaks and they have to give you a secluded room they have to give you a, a fridge for your breast milk and to pump and stuff really? so yes you can you can do that and they have to do that that's pretty advanced i don't think that is the law in sweden though they, they it's more like a, what they should do and what they are doing is very yeah but still there's there are rules that are pretty impressive um yeah the problem is really for example if i would have wanted to go back to work my commute is about an hour and young babies or even like even one year old like even luna when she was a year old she still wanted to to feed every two hours for quite some yeah. time that's just not possible with work that's one of the biggest reasons for that but as i said also other reasons and that all means that we just need to support each other more and also to do more science about breastfeeding because i'm always happy to hear more little little facts like the one with the antibodies <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Okay. I have a, another follow-up from earlier episodes. If you remember, there was a Cochrane review a few weeks ago that was interpreted by many as evidence that masks do not work. I mean, to protect you from viruses. And that is not what the review said, but it was not exactly clearly written and it was op open for misinterpretation. Cochrane has now issued a clarification and it starts like this, quote, Many commentators have claimed that a recently updated Cochrane review shows that masks do not work, which is an inaccurate and misleading interpretation, end quote. Later on, it goes on to say, quote, Given the limitations in the primary evidence, the review is not able to address the question of whether mask wearing itself reduces people's risk of contracting or spreading respiratory viruses, end quote. So what they are saying and what they actually said, if you read it carefully the first time, is that the evidence isn't good enough to draw conclusions. That doesn't mean at all 
that there is evidence that they do not work, that the masks do not work. I should remind people that a Cochrane review is not a any there's no no new data in that. Mm-hmm. They have been looking at I think it was 190 or something earlier research studies and then try to uh, summarize the information in this review. So when they say the evidence isn't good enough, it's not because they did a poor job. It is that the studies that they reviewed were not conclusive enough. They were not rigorous enough. And um, yeah, so there are still good reasons to think that masks are a good thing. It's just that this review could not show it. That's very different from saying that this review showed that it doesn't work. Yeah. I wanted to actually talk about the UN High Seas Treaty or UN High Seas Agreement. Because UN member states have agreed on a treaty to protect the high seas, which means the seas that don't directly belong to the coast of a certain national country. Yeah. And this is a great success in regards to environmental protection. Absolutely. Because we don't know a lot about the high sea, (laughs) um, despite it containing 95% of the volume of the world's oceans. It's the largest habitat we have on planet Earth. And still we're doing, have been doing a quite a good job of ruining it. We, yeah, we have been pretty amazing in that regard. And the problem is that we don't know that much about the deep sea. We need to find out more. We, uh, there are people that are saying we know more about the moon than about yeah. the oceans. That's why we have to protect that habitat. We have to. And now it will be easier to create protectional zones. But it also means that we only have the starting signal now. So yeah, as an expert said, this was only the starting signal and the real work is just beginning now. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's taken 20 years yes. to come this far. Yes, exactly. And now we've just come to the point where it's possible to create sheltered areas or protected areas yes. out there in the big sea. Mm-hmm. And now we have to do that. And then we have to make sure that everybody respects that. That's a lot of work. And um, the thing is, like, we don't even really know what's going on. We could have already made species extinct without knowing it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's the case everywhere on planet Earth, but in in, high, in the high sea, it's more likely because we don't know much about it. And now with this agreement, every activity has to at least be reported. Mm. And that means we can also find out what are the impacts on organisms that live in the high sea. And that's why it was also important to do this. There are big interests of humankind <laughs> in the sea. Fishing is one example, of course. That's not so much a case for deep seabed, uh, the deep sea, but there's also deep seabed mining, which is pretty controversial. And yeah, this agreement was such a big milestone because it regulates, for example, for example the um, use and handling of marine genetic resources. So, for example, if you take an organism previously unknown and create medicine from that, then there is also because of the economic interest that we have in that, there should be benefits shared to developing countries, for example. So Mm. it's a big milestone for the sea itself and for humans and for the planet we're living on. I'm pretty happy to talk about this because, for one, it's one thing relating to the climate crisis that 
we are, we are doing well. So yeah. this is giving you a tiny, tiny bit of optimism. <laughs> right. So protect the high seas and the deep seas or whatever you said. And I still, I cannot help but thinking of pirates when you talk about the high seas. But <laughs> that's, just, that's just me. Let's not protect the pirates. Yeah, right? no, no problem. Don't no. protect them, please. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, to finish off the news segment here, I have some COVID information uh, news from Sweden. As of 1st of March, there are now new vaccination recommendations in Sweden. And again, they may seem a bit controversial. First of all, people who still have not gotten their three shots, that's the first shots and a booster, they should still get them. That hasn't changed. But if you already have these three or, or more... This is what the new recommendation says. If you are over 80 or if you're living in certain care homes for people who are a little bit vulnerable, you should be vaccinated twice in the next coming 12 months. Regardless of whatever vaccination status you have before, you should do that. And this is not strange or controversial. You should continue to get boosters um, like every six months or so. If you're between 65 and 79, you should get one dose. And if you want to, you can get the second dose. So almost the same as the... But the recommendation is one dose. If you're between 50 and 64, that's me, actually. (laughs) Shocker. Then you should get one dose. And that also means you cannot get a second dose if you want to. So I can only get one dose for the next 12 months. I already have four, so I feel pretty good still, but I can only get one. Mm -hmm. If you are between 18 and 49, no vaccination is recommended, but you can get one if you absolutely want to. It's still allowed, but not recommended. Yikes. (laughs) (laughs) Then the most controversial part is that if you are below 18, so if you're a child, no new dose is available anymore, not even if you want to. Although you still have the right to, if you haven't got your three fundamental jabs, if you will, then you can still get those. But no new vaccination doses for you if you are a child. And that is controversial. And that has not gone down very well with everybody, especially with parents, Mm -hmm. understandably. Well, Luna is not vaccinated. She, we couldn't yet you know (laughs) yeah but you probably can in germany because this is sweden only because there are parents now in sweden who are organizing trips abroad partly to germany to get their children this extra doses because they want to Mm -hmm. to continue to keep their children Mm -hmm. vaccinated from what i read or from the reporting of this sweden is the only country in this area of the world that uh, no longer provide boosters to children The reason that's been given is that, uh, especially since the Omicron variant took over, COVID is no longer considered a serious disease for this age group. I should say there are exceptions for children with special medical conditions. So if you're vulnerable in some certain Mm -hmm. way, you can still get your booster shots. But um, the recommendation for ordinary kids are not to... You can't get it in Sweden anymore. Well, that's—I don't know what I think about that. I don't necessarily like that. Yeah, like me neither. I think with, with <laughs> Luna in, in Germany, I think it's a case of that she's just two years old. So yeah. I think with with toddlers, they are like, well, if she's not vulnerable, 
then she won't benefit that much from it. Mm. But I could, I think I could, if I really, really would press the issue, then I could probably do it. I'll, I'll see what happens down the track because I kind of do want her to get vaccinated. But as I said, she is also very young and it's hard to, to get elective vaccines for, <laughs> for kids that young in Germany, yeah. at least. <laughs> Apparently, uh, for, for that young, but Apparently, Swedish parents are bringing, I don't know to what extent this is happening, mm -hmm. but they're at least talk about it and a few people have done it and more people say that they will do it, bring their kids over to Germany to get the, them jabbed or vaccinated mm -hmm. and then bring them back. Yeah. Vaccine tourists. <laughs> Vaccine tourism. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, thank you, Pontus. That concludes the news items. Mm -hmm. But of course, we can't finish this show without a bit of award giving, right? <laughs> Let's give them awards. Exactly. People who deserve it. <laughs> yes, I came across this when I was researching the thing about John Paul II, the Polish Pope that I just talked about earlier in this episode. He is, well, he's dead, but he was <laughs> and is very popular in Poland. His name before he was John Paul, he was his given name was Karol Wojtyla. Wojtyla. I still cannot pronounce the Polish uh, <laughs> words. So, so we will expect your uh, recordings of how it's supposed to be pronounced. But anyway, he's still very popular. And uh, in Poland, they're very proud of, quote unquote, their Pope. Because of this, the report that I talked about before about him covering up for abuse has been met with a lot of hostility and a lot of people have come to the defense of John Paul, even the Polish parliament, which is led by a coalition dominated by, of course, the so-called Piss Party, <laughs> as I love to pronounce yes. their, <laughs> the, the Law and Order Party, and it's not pronounced Piss, but I pronounce it piss because <laughs> the abbreviation in Polish is P-I-S. Anyway, they decided, the parliament decided, on the initiative of the Piss Party, that they decided to adopt a resolution. Just two days after this report came out, they adopted a resolution to, quote, defend the good name of St. Paul II. The resolution condemned the quote-unquote disgraceful media campaign against the former Pope. And that tells you something about the state of Polish politics or politicians. When they hear facts that they don't like, the parliament proclaims like, quote, we don't care about those facts. We don't care about rape victims. We like our Pope, end quote. Okay. <laughs> uh, what, what's even the purpose of such a resolution? The parliament is there to create and maintain laws, right? It's not to have about have opinions about dead people. Uh, but of course they had to do that and they don't care that people have suffered uh, over the years as a result of the Catholic Church misbehaving. So, for defending rape culture rather than doing their real job, the Piss Party gets another really wrong award. They haven't received one for over a year, so I think it's time. My time, yeah. But I think they're in the lead because this is the sixth time <laughs> that we give them a really wrong. When will they take the hint? <laughs> they should really do that. And that's, that's well deserved. Thank you, Pontius. <laughs> <laughs> that actually concludes our show. 
but mm -hmm. I don't want to let you and our listeners go without a quote. And this week, of course, I had to quote someone we have already quoted three slash four times, <laughs> <laughs> but he is a very important scientist. It's one we have already mentioned this uh, show, but it's a quote that I haven't used before. So <laughs> at least the quote is new, if not the quotee. And the quote is, I'm enough of an artist to draw freely upon my imagination. Imagination is more important than knowledge. Knowledge is limited. Imagination encircles the world. And that was from Albert Einstein, who lived from 1879 to 1955. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting quote because you, you, don't, you think of him as a man of knowledge or insight mm -hmm. and, and science, and then he celebrates imagination yeah. instead. But I think... He is right in the regard that there can't be science without imagination. No, otherwise you just repeat whatever exactly. everybody else yeah. has done. Knowledge in so, itself so. is is stale, if you know what I mean. Like it's it's almost yeah. like it's like a stone; it can't move. But you have to have imagination to build on the knowledge, to stand yeah. on the shoulders of the giants. <laughs> exactly, and he was one. He, he was yeah. exactly one of the giantest giants. <laughs> All right, that was really it now. So thank you for doing this show with me, Pontus. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Thanks to our listeners for uh, listening and for coming back week after week. Please check out our show notes. Please check out our Patreon. But without further ado, I now want to say tschüss. Hello. Wieslat. <laughs> <laughs>